0: Thanks for joining us today at the Vine Church. We're one church with two locations and reaching around the world with the help of our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to partner with us in doing that, you can share this service with others and give by clicking the link below. For now, prepare your heart for some incredible worship and an inspiring message. You have come, we have found life everlasting. Now the church I am, singing it out, I am chosen.
1: Good morning. How is everybody doing? Um, My name is Gus Bishop. I am one of the pastors here at Divine Church, and I have had uh, the unique honor and privilege to have been here since the beginning of the church. Uh, And so I've got a unique perspective on things. uh, Since we were Uh, pre-launch service days uh, to now. And so um, when I first came on staff, I was a student pastor. And then about three and a half years ago, about three and a half years into that journey, um, I kind of started overseeing all of our connect groups and small groups. And that's kind of morphed into what we now call an in-reach pastor. And just basically what that means is I still oversee all of our small groups, but also oversee all of our prayer ministry teams at both campuses as well. Um, I just feel like this typically doesn't happen to me. And I at 9.15 service, towards the end of the service, I just had this debilitating migraine come upon me, and I typically don't have migraines. And so, like, I would just want to just throw this out there. Is there anyone here who, who maybe has a headache or migraine right now or, or suffers from migraines? Okay, right there. Um, right here. If you just seriously lift their hands just so I can see your hands. Okay, awesome, awesome. Listen, this is, a, this is going to be a little bit different than a typical Sunday morning here at the Vine Church, but I want to ask you to, if you'll just raise your hand again just so we can see your hands, um, I, I, I want to ask that for those of us that are around them to kind of gather around them, just kind of place, if they're okay with it, put your hand on their shoulder. Uh, I just want to, I just feel like the Lord wants to release something uh, over these migraines and bring healing to these migraines. Uh, if, if you're not anywhere around anyone, I just want you to kind of just reach your hand towards them. If Again, if you keep your hands up just so we can see them, uh, that would be great. Cool, very cool. Uh, if you're this, you are a first time guest here. We want to say welcome to the vine. Um, this isn't your typical Sunday morning, uh, but I, I, I always we, we want to be real sensitive what the Spirit is leading us to do. And so, um, listen, we're we're family, right? We're family, and we take care of each other. We encourage one another. We love on one another, and we pray for one another. And so, um, I'm just going to pray for us. I'm also going to pray for myself. And so we're. We're good with that. All right, let's pray. Uh, Dad, we just thank you uh, for your overwhelming love for us, your sons, your daughters. And Dad, we know there are no migraines in heaven. And so right now, uh, for those that had their hands raised, Lord, we just say no more to migraines. No to migraines. And we can pray this because of Jesus' work in and on the cross, in his death and in his resurrection. He took back all authority, heaven and earth, and then gave it to us as disciples. And so we can pray with confidence of authority and power. Holy Spirit, come. No migraines. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. So we have closed out a series called Ruach, and it's been a study of how we've gotten to know Holy Spirit. Not just gotten to know more about Holy Spirit, but actually know Holy Spirit. And so uh, this morning, um, we're going to kind of piggyback off that a little bit, and we're going to just kind of talk about what it looks like to continue to grow and encounter Holy Spirit, and in, in Christian world, uh, that typically takes place in this thing we call a quiet time, like we continue to grow in our walk with the Lord, and so um, this morning what we're going to do, instead of me kind of standing up here teaching and talking about a quiet time, I, I figured we'd do something a little different, and we're going to actually have this corporate quiet time experience together, um, and so that's going to look a little different, and that's okay, different's not bad, different's just different right? And and so I just want to say to you, I would never ask you to do anything that I would not do myself. And so as Pedro's already shared with you, I'm going to give you kind of like a a, a typical inside glimpse of a typical best case scenario of what my quiet time looks like. Okay, so I'm going to be a little vulnerable with y'all and just kind of give you a little insight into what my quiet time looks like. And I want to say this, disclaimer is this, the way I do quiet time is not the way, it's just my way. And that's the only perspective that I have is my way okay? And so um, for those of you that have your own quiet time, you do quiet time your way, like, uh, great, I love that. I love that. But for those of you that may be here and you you struggle with a quiet time, I know there's times I've confessed, I struggle with a quiet time. Just being honest. Hopefully this can be a launching point and a starting point for you uh, as well. So uh, all that being said, for me, my quiet time uh, has to start with some consistency. And what I mean by that is consistency builds a habit. And so for me, it's a, I've got to have a certain location and a certain time. Uh, and, and not necessarily like a certain location, like I'm sitting in this one chair, or I'm standing in this one place, it has to be here and only here, right? Because we know life happens, doesn't always work that way, doesn't happen the way we want it to. Uh, but best case scenario for me is early in the morning at home. Early in the morning at home. Um, uh, and the reason I like to have my quiet time first thing in the morning is because I know uh, that I'm going to face some challenges out there, right, I'm gonna face some challenges out there and, and what I want to be able to do is when those, challenge, those challenges come my way, I want to be able to see those challenges the way God sees those challenges and what I mean by challenges, sometimes that's people, right, um, I want to be able to see those people the way God sees those people so I can love those people the way God loves those people because that's what I'm called to do, and so I want to spend my time with him first thing in the morning, right? Because he's, he's breathed life into my lungs. And so I want to spend that time with him. Um, I've also, on a side note, they <laughs> don't have a lot of side notes. On a side note, um, I've started this new thing probably a couple of years ago, a few years ago, um, where every night when um, I get ready to go to sleep and for, for us, it kind of looks like we'll... we'll Nicole and I will watch a movie or a TV or something and kind of get to that place and my heart starts to slow down and my, my thoughts start to stop racing and my breathing starts to get controlled and I, you know the place I'm talking about. You're just, just about there, You're just about to slip off and you fall asleep. I've gotten in this habit where I've tried to start praying at that moment. Right before I'm, I go off to sleep, I, I, I just begin to pray. And sometimes it's, I can barely get the words out of my mouth, Jesus. And sometimes it's, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for being who you are. And I share that with you because I do. I feel like there's some people here who, who struggle with um, the enemy trying to make you feel guilty because when you, uh, you fall asleep praying to God, And I know for me personally, the enemy used to beat me up all the time. I go, Gus, how can you say you love God the way you love God when you choose to fall asleep? You make a choice to fall asleep praying to God. And I heard a pastor say this a few years ago. Uh, He said, listen, (laughs) good fathers, what better place do they want their children? What a safe place they want their children than to fall asleep in his arms. Ruin me, guys ruined me. And so like what I like to do is I like to have my consistent quiet time first thing in the morning with him, but I also like to end my day by falling asleep in my father's arms. So when the enemy tells you, tries to make you feel guilty for doing that, you tell the enemy no, and you tell the enemy where to go because he's a good heavenly father, and there's nothing more that he wants than for you as his child to fall asleep in his arms. Now, that was a side note. Back to consistent quiet time. For me, it's first thing in the morning, early in the morning, and typically I'll start my quiet time off like this, uh, in worship, in worship, right? And I, I, I can't have Blake come to my house and like Sing songs to me, sweet nothings to me as I walk down, walk down the steps. He's got my coffee. He's like, here you go, Gus. Like, yeah, I can feel your voice. Yeah, anyway, this doesn't work like that. I wish it would. And I've already tried to bribe Blake uh, at first service to come to my house tomorrow morning. Oh, oh, was that a yes? Oh, okay. I thought it was a yes. I was like, man, something changed. Yes, the spirit moved. In you. Yeah, it's good. Um, but we can't do that. And so for me, it's I've got certain songs on my phone. I've got certain songs. Because here's what worship does. Worship takes our, takes our heart's affection and places it on the Father. Right? And so we've already had like our corporate time of singing and worship this morning. It, but sometimes for me, it's not it's not about the music. It's not about the song. Worship, that's not worship is. It's is about focusing my heart's affection, my, my spirit, my soul, my mind's affection and attention towards the Father. And sometimes I do that in complete silence. Sometimes it's a complete silence. And it's, it's, it, it, it just looks something like this. It's like, Dad, you are worthy to be made much of. You breathe life into my lungs, and you're worthy to be praised. And so this morning, again, this is my quiet time. This is the way I do things, but I'm going to ask you to join me in this journey today. And so just where you're at, I just want you to just take a few seconds. And just turn all of your affection, all of your mind, all of your thoughts, all of your heart, everything that you are, just turn them to God and make much of him. And typically after I've had that time of worship, being brought into his presence, I begin to realize that there are things that happen in my life uh, that cause this disconnection between me and God. And and those things are typically, in church world, we call those things sin. And so I have a moment, I have some time of confession to God. Have this time of confession to God and and confession is is a huge part of of our Christian life and our Christian prayer life and uh, scripture tells us in 1 John 1, 9 tells us that when we confess our sins, God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. And James 5, 16 tells us that through confession of sins and prayer, we are healed. And God's confession is simply telling God what he already knows so that he can tell us what we don't know. And so what I mean by that is like, God already knows our sin, right? But God wants to reveal to us the reason behind our sin. And, and listen, sin's rooted in a lie. It's rooted in lies. It's rooted in us believing in a lie. You believing in a lie that, about God or believing in a lie about ourselves or believing in a lie uh, about someone else. And so God wants to reveal those things to us, but he can't unless we come to him and ask him to. And so this morning, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes where you are and just ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you any sin, any sin that you may have. Any sin that you haven't been forgiven for. Holy Spirit has revealed something to you, I'll typically just just confess that to, to him. Confess those things to God, and it can look something like this, like, I'm sorry for, please forgive me for whatever that thing is that Holy Spirit revealed to you. And then I'll ask Holy Spirit to reveal to me the lie that I believe that caused me to sin. The lie that I believed about God or the lie that I believed about myself or the lie that I believed about someone else that caused me God to simply share the truth, the truth of his word about that lie, the truth of his word to put to death that lie. Because Jesus tells us that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And typically, in my living room early in the morning after I've had this time of confession, I give thanks to God. I give thanks to God. Because guys, we have so much to be thankful for. So much to be thankful for. I mean, if we were just to simply just take what what we just did, we can be thankful that when we confess our sins before God and we ask forgiveness and we repent, that he is faithful to his promise to forgive us, to cleanse us, to heal us, and to set us free. And so for no other reason this morning, we have that reason to be thankful. We have that reason to be thankful. Uh, we also just had this little holiday that we call um, Thanksgiving. That's right, Thanksgiving. And, and and I'm not on social media a whole lot, but like I know I was a little bit over the holidays, and some of y'all had just proclaimed all of these so, these, so many of these things to be, that you're thankful for. And so how about this? How about everything that we have? Everything has been given to us by God. Therefore, we can be thankful to God that we have it. There's a church in Charlotte. I saw this um, at the end of last week. I don't remember the name of the church. They put together this video for their Christmas series. Uh, and guys, it was so funny. The, the guy wrote, woke up, reached over, cut off his alarm clock. His alarm clock was wrapped like a Christmas, Christmas present. He went to go flip on the light switch and it was wrapped like a Christmas present. He went to go put on his slippers to go get his coffee and it was wrapped like a Christmas present. Do you not realize all the things that we have are given to us by God and we can be thankful for them? The water that he brushed his teeth with was wrapped in Christmas paper. So much to be thankful for. And so typically, I'll just take a moment and give God thanks for all of the blessings, all of the things that he has given me. So I want to invite you to do that now. Whatever it looks like for you. And then after the worship and confession and giving thanks to God, I, I, I like to spend some time in his word. And guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Like it doesn't mean, spending time in God's word does not mean you read a whole book of the Bible. It doesn't mean you read a whole chapter of the Bible. Sometimes I don't even make it, be honest, I don't even make it through a verse. It's not important how much you read. What's important is how you read, right? Right? And you don't want to read the Bible as if it's like an encyclopedia or a dictionary or or a telephone book. Young people in the room, a telephone book. It's this thing (laughs) that you open up and it has a list of all these names with all these numbers beside it. That's the way we used to have to look things up back in my day when I was your age. But it's about reading the scriptures and allowing him to speak to you, allowing Holy Spirit to have this conversation with you. It's this conversation of back and forth. And a few months ago, we, 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 we talked about three questions that you can that can ask in the process of studying the scripture that helps have that conversation. And those three questions are this, what does the scripture say about God? What does the scripture say about me? And then what do I need to do with the scripture? And so in preparation for today, um, Andrew and I, he, we made this decision. He's preaching at Florida Branch this morning. He would pick a scripture and I would pick a scripture. And I'm going to be real honest with you. I, I wanted to participate in this quiet time with you. And so I did not pre-read the scripture. I want to participate in this with you. Actually, I did pre-read it because I did it at first service. So that's <laughs> sorry. <laughs> did do that. But I didn't want to prepare something because it, I, I know what the Lord how the Lord likes to speak to us. And I want it to be a conversation between me and Holy Spirit, just like I want it to be a conversation between you and Holy Spirit. And so if you have your Bible, the first scripture we're looking at this morning is Psalm 100. And if you don't have a Bible or Bible app, we want to encourage you to grab a Bible from our guest services desk on the way out today because here's what I I know. And I can say this with assurance. The word of God in combination with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, empowered with the Holy Spirit in us. Listen, listen, it will change your life forever for the better. It just will. Promise you. Promise you. Psalm 100. I'm going to read it like it's written. And as I'm reading it, and as the words on the screen, I want you to think in terms of those three questions. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. What does this scripture say to you about God? Just spend some time reflecting on that. What does this scripture say to you about God? For me, this is what I love about God because what he spoke to me at the 915 service is different than what he spoke to me now. To Gus, I'm God. I'm God. And as I read that scripture, my migraine went away. Just remind me, he's God. He's got this. And I can trust that. What does the scripture say about you? What does the scripture say about you? me, the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm welcome. I'm welcome. I am welcomed by God. I'm welcome to be in a relationship with him. He invites me to this place to be in a personal relationship with him. I'm welcome. We're welcome. Now, what do I do with this? What do I do with this scripture now? What do you do with the scripture? For me, what I do with this scripture is I shout it from the rooftops. So you don't, you, you, you don't know this because you're not me, but you can ask Pedro and some other people. Um, I, I physically did not feel like I was going to be able to get up this service. Not to get too graphic, I was back and forth from the bathroom, like migraines, those of you all have migraines before, you feel nauseous. But I get to shout from the rooftop of how good my God is, and and don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to be harsh here, but I, I, I can do that and not have to worry or care about your opinion of me. I mean, I love you. Like I love you. You're my. You're my family, but in all honesty, it doesn't matter to me what you think, but I know I know how I felt before I got up here. I know how I felt when I first got up here. And guys, he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be praised. It doesn't matter if you encountered anything or experienced anything right now. Listen, this is my personal quiet time. Welcome to it. Hello, my name is Gus Bishop. But I need you to understand that's what matters is my personal interaction with him. I did share this at 915. Good chance of me sharing the gospel and sharing the good news or sharing what the Lord's doing in my life is not going to cause me to experience this, this thing of being... Doused in kerosene or set on fire. It's not gonna happen this way where I share what God's doing in and through me and what the Lord has done for me and how good He is and how great He is and ever me have to worry about in my time, in my culture, my head getting cut off. And I'm, I'm not trying to downplay what, what's taking place in other, in other countries. I pray for them. But what I need you to understand is I am okay. I am okay with pushing through the Western culture, American church. Persecution called fear of embarrassment. There's a lost, broken, orphaned world out there that is waiting and dying for sons and daughters to stand up and talk about and brag about how good their God is, how great their God is. That's what that scripture means to me. That's what I do with that scripture. What do you do with it? There's another scripture that we're gonna look at today. And when I was praying into what scripture the Lord wanted me to choose, he was very clear. He goes, I want you to choose this scripture. And he gave me the scripture. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. And he said, I want you to use this scripture. Here's why. Because even though it's so, so, so simple, it's so profound. I have so many things that I wanna teach my sons and my daughters, my children about who I am and who they are through two simple words. John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. What does this scripture tell you about God? Oh man, oh man, oh man. This scripture tells me about God that He cares. He cares. Listen, He cared so much that He sent His Son to die a death that I deserved. That's how much He cares about me. That's how much He cares about you. He cares. Two simple words Jesus wept. He has emotions, He has love, He has compassion, He cares. What does the scripture tell you about you? What does the scripture tell you about you? Tells me about me That I have a dad in heaven Who loves me so much That when he sees me, when he calls my name He says you are worthy Of my life You are worthy of my son's life that scripture? What do you do with that? don't know about you. Again, this is my personal quiet time. Welcome to it. But I know for me, what I do about that. Whatever the cost, whatever the cost, I I want all people All people, all people, believers and non-believers, murderers, prostitutes, witches, warlocks. I want all people to know that they have a God who loves them. They have a God who weeps for them. They have a God who cares for them. They have a father who just wants them to know how much he loves them. And I get the huge honor and privilege. You as his sons, his daughters, his children get the huge honor honor, and privilege to not just talk them to death about that love but to demonstrate that transforming power of a good God's love. And then typically I will close my quiet time If the bank could come back up, that'd be great. I close my quiet time by making my needs known to God. And, guys, listen there is no need that you ever have that is too small or too big. Too small or too big. He cares. He cares. So, what are your needs? Right now, in this moment, this morning, what are your needs from God? I invite you to close your eyes and bow your head and make those needs known to Him.
0: In the cross, she in the press you are making new wine in the soul light, now surrender you are breaking new ground When I trust you, I don't need to understand. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Where every... there is